Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. Half the church left when the kids left, didn't they? Woo! Glory be to God. Well, we're excited you're here today. You know, we started last Sunday talking about the kingdom of God. And uh, the kingdom of God is here. And the kingdom of God's on the inside of you. Jesus came to show us the kingdom. And uh, your part in it. How about that? He's come to show us your part in the kingdom of God. And so we're going to show you a few things. We got a couple of testimonies and uh, just different things going on today. It's exciting what God's doing. And uh, get ready. But last Sunday, let me just go over some of the things. Uh, We talked about the kingdom of God is good news. It's good news. Come on. Jesus came and died for you. The gospel means good news. Number two, we talked about the kingdom of God is within you. And we'll talk a little bit about it. But God, you are the house of God. I mean, each one of these points I could preach for a week. You are the house of God. God lives on the inside of you. Are you a good host? Do you offer him coffee, food? You know, do you give him the best seat in the house? I'm talking about on the inside of you. Do you submit to lordship to Jesus on the inside? You, the kingdom of God's within you. Remember, we talked about Joseph. It's really, I, I, I really couldn't see it, but the Holy Spirit said, this is salvation for people. And I'm like, well, how is it salvation? Well, how many of y'all, now, you don't have to raise your hand, but how many of y'all seen somebody, I know not us, sold into the slavery of sin? Sure. Drugs, alcohol, gambling, whatever. Sold into the slavery. But Joseph became a slave and a prisoner for 13 years. But he didn't become that on the inside. Matter of fact, when his brother showed up, he had nothing but love for him and compassion. That's, that's, that's a man right there. It's easier to fly off the handle and want to slap somebody than it is to love them when they do you wrong. I've even heard some of my favorite preachers just let me slap him real quick, Lord. Nobody will know but me and him. <laughs> and that's your flesh. It's harder to walk in love, isn't it? And Joseph walked in love. Uh, the Number three, I want to remind you, obedience is part of the kingdom. Man, to be in the kingdom, you've got to obey the king. Okay. You know. But number four, there's always more than you see. You may have came to Withville... You may have been raised here, but there's more to your life than what you see. You may have came here and found this church. There's more than what you moved here for. There's more. Are you looking for it? Are you just going to work, doing my thing, going back home, watching TV? What about kingdom stuff? God's wanting to do more. So let's dig in today. Now, if you'll notice, your notes are blank, so you got to do some writing. Because I'm glad they're blank because I changed this whole sermon up. <laughs> the Holy Spirit started talking to me and I left out point four, five, six, seven, eight, and went to the first three that the Lord wants to talk about today. Because, you know, we do have children in there and you say, go longer, pastor. Well, go volunteer in the children's department and you won't be saying, is he through? That's, that's the, see, I work the children, I've worked the youth. 
And I've had to be in there like, Lord, have mercy. It's 2 o'clock. I don't know what else to do with these kids. And, you know, they, they got me tied up and everything else. Anyway, I'm not trying to scare you. We need help with children, don't we? So let's go back over uh, the kingdom of God. Mark 1.14 is our first scripture. And it says, Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the good news of the kingdom of God, saying, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe. Repent and believe the gospel or the good news. John 3 3, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He's talking to Nicodemus at night. That's the first Nick at night. I'm trying to help you out here. Just pay attention. See if anybody's listening. But he told Nicodemus, you must be born again. For you to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only way. Sorry, he's the only way. Not your way, not Buddha. Buddha was a good man probably, but no, he's not Jesus. And that's why, remember last Sunday I said narrow is the way? Narrow is the way through Jesus. But once you're in Jesus, boom, the world is big for you. You can do anything. You don't have to be like me. You can be you in the kingdom of God. Hey, set you free. Come on, your gifts and talents can shine in the kingdom of God. Just people say, well, I don't like the women's group we got here. Well, start your own. Start your own. I don't like the men's group. They went bowling yesterday. You know? I don't like the men's group. Start your own. Free. Man, I'll support it. I'll support what God puts on your heart to do. So anyway, let's, let's look. Let's look. Uh, Matthew 6, But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. You know that's talking about money? Now, if you read it, it's talking about food and clothes. But how many of you know that you don't get food and clothes today without money? Seek the kingdom of God and things will be added to you. I didn't buy this jacket. Somebody bought it for me. Hey, it's the kingdom of God thing. Seek the kingdom. That's why we're preaching on the kingdom. But one thing I forgot to mention last Sunday, uh, listen, I want to I reiterate this. You see, we have freedom in the kingdom of God to do things, but you need to prepare. Guess what? If you want to be a millionaire, you need to prepare. You know, I know, and you can, you know, they got TV shows, how the, how the, the winning the lottery ruined my life, okay? The Bible says the fool and his money are soon departed. I know somebody got a $3 million settlement, and it was gone in a year and a half. How do you do that? You know, somebody said, I'd like to try. <laughs> but that's not wisdom. That's not wisdom. If you're going to pursue something, you need to prepare. And so that's what the Scripture in 1 Chronicles 14, 10, and 11 says, the, the war horse is prepared for battle, but the victory belongs to God. You may have skills and abilities, but the victory belongs to God. Amen. So let's look at number one. The kingdom of God is children. Children. Let me read this one scripture. 
Luke 18, 16. But Jesus said, called unto them and said, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly I say unto you that whoever does not receive the kingdom of God, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a child, bless God, I'm not a child. Come on, you better be one. As a child, will by no means enter it. So where are my three-year-olds? Come on. Come up here, Micah Nika. Get up here. I told you you're going to be in the light today. Y'all, come on, kids. Is this a three- and four-year-old class or just three? Three? Two and three. Two and three. Up here. Up here. And what I ask you to do, turn around smile to everybody. Wave at them. Give them a big smile. Come on. Don't hold it back. Come on, y'all eating in my preaching time walking that slow. Y'all have never walked that slow in your life. Come on up here. Come on. Oh, look, here here he is. Here he is. Hey, hey. All right, there you go. <laughs> That's my buddy right there. Oh, there's his brother. All right, I'll leave you alone. Hi, Leland. Hi, Leland. Hi, Leland. You ain't going to straighten me out? That's Zion. I'm messing with him. Right up here, sir. You want to stand right here by him? I'm a little nervous, too. I'm not going to bite you, I promise, but one time. That's what my grandmother used to say. Come on up here. There you go. Now, look, a child. And I woke up meditating on this this morning. Do you know that there's no prejudice in them? That has to be taught. Do you know that hate? has to be taught. And even if you don't teach it, if you live it, they're going to pick it up. It's not what you teach. It's what you are that you reproduce. Oh, it's not what you teach. It's what you are that you reproduce. If you're bitter and angry, they're going to be bitter and angry. If you're prejudiced, they'll be prejudiced. And you know what they want to do? I know this one for sure, and I know this one. These are middle child. They want to have fun. Where can we go and have some fun? On Wednesday night, this rascal will come behind me and hit me in the back of the head while I'm eating. And took off running. Wanting to have some fun with me. Well, I jumped up and took off running too. He started crying. He really thought I was going to get him. They want to have fun. How come you don't want to have fun anymore? You're too serious. Come on. If you don't think Jesus had fun, look at the 12 knuckleheads he had with him. Golly. You know, they was wanting to call down fire, and they just want to, you know, do all kinds. Peter would say anything. He'd cuss you out. And Jesus was like, Lord, Father, did you tell me to pick these? Huh? He did. But. Hear me. Where's your fun at in life? Do you have any fun? Do y'all want to have fun? Where's your shoes at? Did, did your daddy paint your toenails? He did. I figured he did. So think about being a child. Guess what? They're going to grow up, and they're going to act just like you, good or bad. Because they live in your house. As a parent, you should be pointing your children to Jesus. Everything I've gotten 
We're blessed because of God. Look at God. Look what God has done for us. And they'll grow up looking for God to bless them. And they'll want to serve God as you serve God. Amen. Let's let our kids go back to class. Give me a high five. You going to give me a high five? There it is. There it is. You going to give me five? All right. Thank you. Watch your step. Tell them bye. Go on. You didn't smile. You really start smiling more. Had a blowout right here on the interstate. <clears throat> Romans 8, 12. Romans 8, 12 says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. Quit living according to the flesh. We're supposed to get into God. And so look at verse 13. For if we live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put death the deeds of the body, you will live. Isn't that good? For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they're called the sons of God or the children of God. That's male and female, okay? Verse 15, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. How many of you know people operate out of fear all the time? Quit operating out of fear. But you receive the spirit of adoption where you cry, Abba, Father. God's your Father. You're His children. And last verse 16, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So step in the sonship. Step in the daughtership. Will you not, will you today make your mind up that I'm a child of God? If you are not a child of God, you need to get saved. And God wants you saved. He would have none perish, no, not one. And so you need to step in the sonship. Because guess what? There's an inheritance. <laughs> There's an inheritance in God. God has an inheritance. And everything I'm talking about, the kingdom of God, is your inheritance. All right, let's do the skit. You ready? I got Jesus over here. And I got the devil over here. And he, he had volunteered to play that part. And so I'm an everyday Christian, okay? I'm you. I'm me. And so the devil, I want to serve God. Hold on. Let me look at my notes just for a minute. <laughs> yeah. So I'm trying, I'm trying to live for God. I want to live for God, and I'm hindered because I'm trying. Quit trying to live for God. Help me, Jesus. All right. Don't tear my coat now. <laughs> now, now, I'm going to live from Jesus. You hear me? I'm going to be in Christ and live. When I'm trying to live for Jesus, you're failing. You're failing. Because you're trying. You, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you, gentlemen. I'm trying to tear my good coat. <laughs> you're supposed to live from Jesus, not for Jesus. See the difference? I'm trying to live for you, Lord, and I just can't do it. Then step into what his word says. Step into the kingdom of God. There's deliverance. There's healing. There's supply. There's jobs. There's whatever. There's favor. When you live from not for.
Amen? So, how many of you know what? I have plans for my kids growing up. How many of you got plans for your kids? You see them. You want good for them. Do you not want good for your children? I want mine to be better than me. I want mine to be more successful than me. Well, I don't have any kids. Well, you will. What you going to do when they're smarter than you? Oh, Lord. Or praise the Lord. Huh? I was thinking about, you know, my grandmother had 10 brothers. Now, back in the day, they had all these kids because everybody worked the farm, make the load easy. Yeah. But they was all heathens. And they was knuckleheads. But the thing about it is, their mama wanted more for them and better. How much more does God want more for you and better for you? Miss Becky. White Mike, number 21. All right. Oh, we need to change microphones. All right. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Anyway, uh, I've been praying for people to get hungry and thirsty for the more of the things of God. And uh, go. I know I've heard and studied that in heaven there are rooms. And in one room, there's a huge room, and it has books in it. It's filled with books. And those books... According to the word uh, in Jeremiah where the father says that he knew us before we were even formed in our mother's womb, he's wrote a book and a story about each one of our lives, what he has planned for us, plans for good and not for evil. And so uh, uh, as I was pondering this and praying about this, and I know when the Holy Spirit lays something on my heart, he's also laid it on other people's hearts because he knows and understands the power of agreement. And so, uh, as I was pondering this thought about our books, I want to I want to feel, fulfill the call God has on my life. And so, um, when I was thinking about that and thinking about what I've been praying, I saw uh, in that particular room, you know, a lot of people don't know what their books have in them, what God has planned for them, and so it's just laying there collecting dust. And so, but I saw a flurry of angels moving around. And I saw dust flying everywhere in this particular room. And what it was was these people are getting hungry and they're wanting to know what, they're, what God has for their life. And so in doing that, in, in inquiring of the Lord, Lord, what do you have for me? The angels are getting busy and they're cleaning off the books so they can get so they can go help the people fulfill what God has called each one to do. So, so as children, the Bible says that we're predestinated. And there's so much goofy teaching on predestination. But let's just break it down real simple. 
God's predestined everyone to be saved. It's your will to step in to do what God's called you to do. How many of you ever seen anybody living under a bridge, homeless, or in a culvert? Do you think when they was three years old, they said, you know what, when I grow up, I'm going to live in a culvert. I'm going to live under a bridge when I grow up. No, they don't. They say, I'm going to be a lawyer, a fireman. I'm going to be a policeman. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to work construction. I'm going to be the man who blows the whistle on the train. They have dreams and visions. Why did they live in the culvert? Wrong decisions, not seeking God, not submitting to God's Word. Parents didn't teach them God's Word. How can anyone step into the will of God unless they know the Word of God? That's why the Word of God is so important. But we have to submit to God's will. We got to ask God. We got to look in the mirror. James said, look in the mirror of the Word and see what manner of man or woman we're supposed to be, and that's what we're supposed to act like. We're not supposed to walk in anger, fear. We're supposed to walk in love, joy, peace, righteousness, holiness. That's what he says. And he said, remember what you look like. But what happens is we look, and boy, that was a good sermon, Pastor, and we walk out Monday, and we forget who we look like. We forget about the kingdom of God, and we live just like everybody else. Just trying to be a frog, get a fly. That's all I'm here, and make my money and go home. I'm sorry, Louisiana's coming out in me. I almost said, you know, when, when we made the call to come and worship, brought, brought yourself down here is what they say in South Louisiana. Get up and brought yourself down here. And they do say crazy stuff like, open that, open that window shut about this much. Open that window shut. You can't, you don't even think about it. Anyway, I'm getting off. But God has a plan for his children. When are you going to step into that plan? No. You're going to do it your way, not God's way. So number two, the kingdom of God is love. The kingdom of God is love. And we teach this and teach this and teach this. But I'm telling you, everything operates in love. Love is your foundation. God is love. 1 John 4, 7, and 8. Look at me. I can quote it. Beloved, let us love one another. Love one another. For love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knows God. He that loves not does not know God. For God is love. God is love. So if you say, I love God, you've got to love your brother. That's why I started off as either slap your brother than to love him. Sometimes, but we're called to love. To always, always, that's your default is love. Love. Now, I'm not talking about lust. I'm talking about love. Lust is strong desire. You know, we use we just wear love out, and oh, I love popcorn, I love baseball, I love Christmas, I love turkey. Huh? But the love of God is unconditional. God is love, and God's called us to love. So we need to flow and walk with God. So let, let, let me read 1 John 4, 11. Beloved, if we so love, or if God so loved us, we are to love one another. There it is again. 
No man has seen God at any time. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us and his love is perfected in us. You know what that's saying? How can you love God whom you have not seen and not love your brother who you see? Because guess what? You, I know we, we're not supposed to walk by sight, but we do. We all do. And, and, and so we look and we walk by sight and we can react to fear by what we see. Or we can react in faith and we're called to react in faith. Or we can walk in anger. Or we can walk in love. And we need to walk in love. Amen? It's part of your inheritance. Love. I hope we know that one because I'm going to number three. And this is part of your inheritance too. The kingdom of God destroys the works of the devil. It destroys the works of the devil. So let's go back to living from God and not trying to live for God. Because this is where you can step into operating to destroy the works of the devil is living from God. Because when you're from God, you got the power of God. When you're trying to live for God, you're just trying to get good enough to get in. You can't get good enough to get in. You're supposed to step in because of the blood of Jesus. And from the blood of Jesus, you're empowered to destroy the works of the devil. He has called you to destroy the works of the devil. Me? What am I supposed to How can I do that? I'm telling you, those three-year-olds can destroy the works of the devil if they're taught right. The works of the devil. And, and, and guess what? The New Testament tells you what they are. Everything that's wrong, everything that's evil. Let's talk about it a minute. 1 John 3, 8. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose was the Son of God or was the, the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. You with me? We'll talk about what, that, what does that look like. What does that look like? Right here. Jesus on the cross. He died for our sins, but it didn't stop there. This is just the doorway. This is just the doorway to resurrection life. Come on, resurrection life. That's the doorway to heaven, yes, but life on this planet. Resurrection life on this planet. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil on this planet. And then he sent others to do the same thing. So, why aren't you destroying the works of the devil? Let's get in Christ. In Luke 4, 18, we made mention of this last Sunday, but the Spirit of the Lord, Jesus sat down. He took the scroll. He sat down in, in the church. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Are you preaching good news? 
Tim, there's good news. Jesus died for you, for your sins, and he also wants to bring you peace and love and joy, and he also wants to fill you with his spirit, and he wants to empower you to be a man of God. Isn't that good news? How hard is that? There is, there is a life change in Jesus. And you know what? You, if you can't find the words, then live it. What's that mean? Jesus loves you. Put that smile on. Some of y'all, you know what? I, I cried thinking about bringing the kids up here and, and my heart preparing for this sermon because some of y'all hadn't smiled in a long time. That's why I try to be funny. I'm trying to get you to smile. Sunday's the only time you smile. That's heartbreaking. We're supposed to enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. Not to be under the journey. Hey, you didn't say what you were supposed to say when our skit. <laughs> Come on up here. Remember the skit where I'm reaching out to Jesus? What? What? Uh, come on. The devil. All right, so living from God, how many, how many of you would like to see that in action from Jesus' perspective, right? All right. So Cody shared a video with me this morning about this, and I shared it with Pastor, and that's why I'm sharing it with you right now. All right, so you remember the story when Jesus and the disciples, the disciples were in a boat. They were going over to the other side, and a storm came up. Y'all remember that story? Okay. So they said, Jesus, don't you care that we're perishing? Isn't it funny that, that the disciples asked the Savior of the world, that was his mission, that was who he was, don't you care? How many times in our own lives do we feel that same way? from our circumstances, whatever it is we're facing. Lord, where are you at? Don't you even care? But sometimes, have you heard this said that you can give a man a fish or if you teach a man to fish, he can feed himself for the rest of his life? Sometimes God cares more about doing something through you than he cares about doing something for you. It's not that he doesn't care about doing it for you. It's just that he wants to empower you so that you can address that issue from here forward. And you're not always praying for a miracle. Miracles are great, but it would be great to have creative power walking in that so that you can create a miracle for somebody else. Amen? All right, so Jesus slept in a storm. Then he gave the peace that was within him to the storm. He rebuked the storm because the storm had a power that was not from God. All right, check this out. You have authority over any storm you can sleep in. You have authority over any storm that you can sleep in. So what's the alternative to that? If you, can't, if you cannot sleep in your storm, you probably don't possess the authority to address it. <laughs> like a bill. Good point right there, Patrick. Good point. <laughs> All right, so how do we minister? You protect your peace, and then you minister from there. You minister from a place of peace because if you don't have the peace within, you can't address the peace on the outside. Amen? Amen. So when you go, rah, 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 you lost your peace, hadn't you? I can't believe y'all. So with that being said, and if Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil, then the storms are from the devil. Let's get it right. The storm is from the devil. If God sent the storm, Jesus and God were fighting. The devil sends the storms. 
Well, why don't God do something? He's empowered you to destroy the works of the devil. If somebody broke into your house, would you not defend it? Somebody told me, and they're, they're, they're liberal. Well, if they break into my house, they can have anything they want. I said, what if they want your wife? Huh? You better bow up. In the neighborhood we lived in, there was a 1,000 houses and big lots and stuff. And this guy had been casing his house. He knew these people went to church. And he'd been watching his house, and he said, Sunday morning, I'm going to break into their house, and I'm going to get their stuff. What he didn't know, the son came in from college. He busted the glass, broke in the door, and the son met him and beat him down, tied him up, called the cop, and looked at him. He's trying to call 911. He said, I can't believe you break into my mama's house, and kicked him again. And he was telling, not talking to 911. He said, yeah, I got him right here tied up, and he kicked him again. And he beat that guy. I mean, the cops felt sorry for him. My point is, how come you, you oh, oh, it's the devil. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, let me rock you a little bit. Just, oh, yeah, I feel so bad. and Nobody loves me. And, you know, I'm, <coughs> yeah, I love, this is my sickness, not yours. It's mine. Come on. Bow up at it. Sickness has no right to stay in me. This is resurrection life abides on the inside of me. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Acts 10, 38. That's one you got to memorize. Jesus said in Luke eleven twenty. If I cast out demons with the finger of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. If you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he's, okay, probably in chapter 2, 3 for sure in Matthew, he's dealing with the devil. 4, he's dealing with the devil. 5, he's dealing with the devil. 6, he's dealing with the devil. 7, he's dealing with the devil. 8, he's casting out a devil. 9, he's healing somebody because they're oppressed of the devil. He's kicking blind eyes because they're oppressed of the devil. He's doing stuff to, to come against the works of the devil. And then he goes, okay, 12, I send you out and I give you power over the devil. Heal the sick. Preach the good news. And he sent the 12 out, and they come back and said, man, even the devils were cast out in our name. He said, don't, don't, no, no, no. You rejoice because you, your name's written in the book of life. You're just operating in the kingdom. You know, that's just normal. It should be normal. You know, you, know, you ever seen the, the, I'll call them idiots. I don't care who your favorite football team's. And they, though they make it a touchdown, like they've never made one before. And they'll do some kind, and they, got all, they let them do all their skits and stuff now, you know. But my coach said, act like you're a champion. If you'll act like you're a champion, you don't get all, all that. You just walk in like you're a champion, and you leave like you're a champion. And you ought to be a Christian. You're a champion. You're a child of God. You walk in like you're a champion, and you leave like you're a champion. Your whole life, you're a champion. You're an overcomer, the Bible says, more than a conqueror. Not me, Pastor Brett. Bow up. Get a backbone. Stand against the devil. But no, you, could you see what was on CNN? Did you see what Fox News said? Forget all that mess and start praying. Come against the works of the devil. Getting all worked up in fear. Doesn't matter who the president is. 
Jesus operated in the kingdom of God with the worst regime that ever lived, the Romans. They'd kill you just because they wanted to. The Romans stomp you in the ground. That's why I said, if they ask for your coat, give it to them. Do not stir it up. You may not walk out alive. Give them your cloak as well. Because God needs you alive. God needs you alive. God needs you alive. Because you can come against the works of the devil. You are kingdom. You're his knights. Actually, you're his kings. You're his priest. You stand before him. We're his sons and daughters. And you think about, you think about the sons and daughters. And you know, I always thought, man, you know, uh, they all, you know, Jacob wrestled uh, for the birthright. He lied and deceived. He was a deceiver. He wanted the inheritance. He wanted the blessing. And the blessing went to the firstborn. And I thought, well, that ain't fair. But what that means is, see, daddy's in charge of the house. He's got 12 sons, 10 sons, 5 sons. The daughters didn't count. That ain't right, is it? Male nor female is what the New Testament says. But hear me. The daddy's in charge and everybody's working for daddy. David's over there keeping the flocks. What's the other boys doing? Sitting around. What's for supper? No, they're out doing something for daddy. And when daddy dies, the firstborn gets the inheritance. And now he's taking care of the whole family. He's, the, he's responsible. You want to be in charge, but you don't want any responsibility? With increase, with raises, with promotions come responsibility. Are you ready for responsibility? And can you love the people that serve when you got responsibility? Are you a taskmaster? How do people see you? Will people follow you? They'll follow you if you love them. Love is the key, and love will help you destroy the works of the devil. Let's, 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 let's finish. Let's look at these one more time. Luke, it said, I cast out the devil with the finger of God. In 1 Corinthians 4, 4.20, this is a big one. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Well, Pastor Brad, I don't see a whole lot of power coming out of you. Well, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. We've had some things, and you know what? It ain't about me. It's about the Holy Ghost, and it's about us. I'm trying to change culture because, you know, back, back in the day, and I, I, I won't say, come on, Pastor. Ooh, let, work in the, let the gifts of the Spirit move, and give me a word. Give me a word, Pastor. Give me a word. Give me a word, Pastor. Come on, Pastor, give me a word. Don't, dadgum, he didn't give me a word today. I found out I can get my own word. I found out that God speaks to me. And God will give me a word even when Pastor don't give me a word. Man, I'm all over the place, but where is my team? You two, come on up here. Listen, we're starting a recovery group. And these two, two of the leaders are coming up here, and they want to share a little bit. Yeah, let me get a microphone. And so, man, they, they're wanting to destroy some works of the devil. Yes. 
I mean, I'm about to bust. I don't know about y'all. Man, I'm telling you, every word spoken today is just so right on and so powerful. Um, let me tell you how we got, how I got here. And when Bobby and I came back to this church, we walked in the doors, and and we were just overwhelmed with the presence of the fruit of the Spirit and the presence and this sense of preparedness and anticipation. And then it was Testimony Sunday, and we saw these people come across here, and they were telling things that with such freedom. And they knew they were so accepted, they were so loved, they were so safe that they just told it all. And I'm going, this is an atmosphere that we we just, it, it almost brings me to tears even right now. And I'm going to tell you something about the pastor. He is such a yes man. He is so, but it's the yes and amen. So anytime it's possible to say yes, yes is what he says and what he lives. And I, I just love that. But anyway, after that, we kind of staggered outside, and, and then we had lunch with Pastor and Lisa, and we sat around the table and just had a wonderful time together. And almost immediately, I was talking about the testimonies, and I don't know who said it first, but recovery ministry just came to sit with us. And I had done this years ago for about 10 or 12 years, and I had thought in my mind, I don't know that I've ever said it, but I thought, man, I'm, I'm done with that. Those days are over for me. You know what I mean? I mean, it, and then all of a sudden it was just like, yes, you know, hey, I can do that. <laughs> Hear it, you know, so. And then immediately about the next Sunday, Jenny and Buddy came alongside. And just like magnets together, and we have had such a good time together, just getting to know each other, and and then some more knuckleheads appeared. <laughs> uh, you said it, I didn't, right? <laughs> Greg and Denise. <laughs> There's only one hard and fast rule for this ministry so far, and it's that Greg and Buddy cannot sit by each other in the van. Am I right? Oh, my gosh. But anyway, I'm telling you, it's like we are just having the best time. And we began to try to kind of get ready, and um, we started visiting other ministries uh, every week. And we saw a lot of good stuff. We saw some things that maybe that wasn't going to be our way exactly, but we learned a lot, and through that process, we have pretty much settled on a, a sort of a framework. But if we've heard anything this morning, there's not a program that's going to do it. In case you didn't know, the government war on drugs has failed. So we weren't looking for a, a we were looking for a sort of a structure and some support, and we found it. And we found a, a, a group that, uh, has been doing this for 25 years, and they have training for us. And I, I just want to say, you know, God has never had anyone qualified to do anything great for him yet. It's exactly what the pastor preached this morning. All we have to do is we just have to say, I believe. I mean, I believe. 
we're not going to hear Jesus we know and I know and Paul I know, but who are you? No, he will know who we are because we're going to know who we are. So we need a lot of people. We need um, security. We need um, child care. We need what all? Oh. <laughs> uh, transportation. We need worship. We need sponsors for these people. We need prayers. <laughs> we need small group facilitators. And then we need people who would be interested in social, recre recreational, and places for these people. We, we sat, Pastor and I sat right over there, and, and we said, we can do a good job of this, but we want to do an excellent job. You know, we want to be their family. They have slap out, worn out their families. They have gotten way past where a family usually can deal with, with this. Um, but, you know, we, we want to provide that family, and it's going to take all of us. It's going to take the commitment of the church, the pastor, the yes man, charging forward in this. But um, Jenny has a little word to say about the people that we need and what they have done. So they're, they've made mine really easy because they've just said just about everything I was going to say. But I had something else I was going to say, but last night the Holy Spirit changed it. So... I went to James two fourteen through 17, and it says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. This came to me um, a couple of weeks ago. I got up here, and I kind of, freaked out and I didn't say what I was supposed to say <laughs> um but for me there's been people that had to help me I wouldn't have got to where I'm at right now if there were there weren't people in my life that were obedient to God and stepped in and helped me in ways that I can never thank them for these people that are going to be coming are going to need that more than anything, just people to try to relate to them, to understand, you know, to feel their hurts as their own, like family. You know, I'm sure, I know I, I wore my family completely out, but they never gave up on me. But these people may not have that. And I think the Holy Spirit just really wanted, really made me want to say that. Amen. Now I'm really praying that the spirit of Tim Gallimore does not come upon me because we all know he is crazy. <laughs> but this, this, I tell you what, this is from right here. This is absolutely from my heart. Not too long into this, all of us, and there's not just Greg and and, uh, and Denise who are fabulous, and Jerrica, Buddy's wife, Jerrica, 
Amber has agreed to do childcare, and Joe, where are you, Joe? Yeah, he's jumped right in there, so we're we're well on our way. But we we have all, and Pastor and I've talked about this. We have sensed a timing, you know, just a timing for this, and we have sensed a real movement. We have sensed the church just rising up and taking this front, mm-hmm. taking it and owning it. We've seen it in these groups that we visited, and we th- this is a, a huge commitment for our church, a huge commitment for the whole church, and I believe it will be an, a, just a, an open door here. Um, we have put our hands to the plow, and you know how that goes. You don't look back. You do not hold out hope and drop the ball. Man, I'm using some metaphors here, but mixing them all up. But on the way here, we were driving Bobby Nine, and he pulled over to that marathon station on the way to get some gum. There was a Jeep sitting right there, and it was called a Rubicon. And I thought something I hadn't thought about in a long time, but Julius Caesar and his armies were camped trying to decide whether they would go on into battle. And he decided to go, and he sent one message back, one sentence back to the people that he had left. And it said, I have crossed the Rubicon. They were camped by the Rubicon River, and it was spring. And when the spring rain started falling, there was no coming back. And I want to tell you right now, me and Jenny and Buddy and Jerrica and Greg and Denise and Joe, we have crossed the Rubicon. There is no turning back. And now I want you to hear what I'm hearing in my ears. And I want you to be real still and I want you to hear this. The voice of Jeremiah the prophet just in anguish, crying, is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician here? And I'm telling you, there are people, men and women, young and old, coming down out of these mountains and hills. And they are walking these streets out here, and they're living beside us. And they are not, they are saying personally, is there balm for me? Is there anybody or anything that's going to put their arm around me and say, we will help you? Is there anybody there crying out who can ease this pain? Is there anybody who can put that salve on my wounds? And I'm telling you right now this morning, we say, yes, there is, and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen. And I am asking you to go back to the back, and if you hear that cry, I'm calling every addict in a huge radius to come right here. I'm calling every, if I knew their names, I would call them out, but I know them. And if you hear that cry and you want to help us, go back to the back and just sign your name and give us your information. And you know, we, we'll have a really good time. Amen. Amen.
We love you, Tim. I... <laughs> but that's, that's what we're called to do is destroy the works of the devil. Amen? Those people stink. They're mean. That's all in your head. It may be in your nose, but it doesn't matter. It does not matter. I mean, I've, I've sweated down and stunk so bad I could smell myself. You know, I still had a home to go to. So it's a big step, but we want to destroy the works of the devil. The timing is unreal for this. The government wants to give churches grant money to do this. I didn't even thought about that. How about with Community College is having a meeting? Angie sent me an email. I sent it to all these guys. They're all going. They're going to do praise and worship and talk about recovery and how to start them in this area and how to be a part. Somebody heard from somebody who heard from somebody that we were doing this, and they said, we want to come be a part of it. They're nurses. That we have to go, we have to learn from a recovery group. I'm sorry. They're already, when y'all starting? This is, this, is, this is God's doing. So, you know, and, and, you know, I believe people can be delivered instantly, but some people are scarred up. They need healed up. A buddy sat in here and cried for three Sundays in a row. And finally, Miss June told him, you know, buddy, God loves you just as much as he loves everybody else here. And he gave his heart to Jesus, and he was delivered from alcohol. He, he drank with his daddy when he was 10, 11, and 12, and his daddy left and never came back, and he just kept drinking. And the miraculous thing is his brother got saved too within a month. Said he went to church and cried for three Sundays. God will empower us to destroy the works of the devil. See, that's the key. It's not waiting on God. It's waiting for us to get stirred up, to step into Jesus and say, peace be still. And say, be healed. Listen, you don't think Jesus dealt with recovery, there's been alcohol and drugs around. The Bible says he was tempted in every manner that we are. Do you know he delivered a woman from prostitution? Several. Cast out the devil out of them because they were tormented by that lifestyle. Huh? How about he healed the lepers? Cleansed them. How about the one that came back and bowed down? He restored and made him whole where he didn't have fingers no fingers, at least I don't have leprosy. But he came and bowed down, and he got fingers. I read a story today. A lady had a glass eye. A man prayed for it, popped out in his hand, and she got an eye. You want to go there? Do you want to go there? That, 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 takes some, that takes for us to step in a little bit deeper. That we got to get in Christ and operate that. That's being in Christ, not trying to serve him, not trying to, I'm trying to live for you, Lord, help me. No, it's growing up. See, the Bible says be perfect. That means be mature. Mature people calm storms, pray for the sick. Mature people don't sit back, well, I'm trying. Listen to me, and I'm going to close with this. When you stand before God, you're going to be judged by how you treated people, not by how people treated you. You're going to be judged by how you loved, how you broke off 
the chains and the, the shackles that held you back and how you minister to people. You know why God wants all these people set free from drugs? So we can turn around and get them in Christ and empower them to go set people free. That's what it's about. Not just getting people free, but for them to become disciples to make disciples. Because Jesus said, go make disciples. And if we make them disciples, they can go make disciples. And guess what? They've been empowered because they, they, God gave you a job. You can believe for anybody to get a job now, can't you? Hey, that's what it's about. You've been set free of drugs. I was set free. God wants to set you free. Come get in Christ with me. That's where you operate from, in Christ. Look what God did for me. He wants to do it for you. He is no respecter of persons. He respects faith. He respects obedience. He respects you submitting. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. What a great day. Thank you, Father, that you minister your life, your peace to every person here. If they do not know you, Lord God, convict their heart to chase you. And Lord, us that just barely know you, help us to grow up, mature, be more, be more, be more. Because there's always more. There's always more. Help us, Lord God, to step into the greater, to see beyond ourselves and see humanity. For your heart is people. Your heart is people. With your eyes closed just for a second. If you're here and you do not know Jesus, you've never given him your heart, will you give him your heart? Will you just raise your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to give my heart to Jesus. Say, all to Jesus, I want to surrender. All to him, I want to freely give. If that's you, will you lift your hand? I see that hand. Glory, glory, glory. I see that hand. Thank you, Jesus. I see that hand. Anybody else? Lift your hand, lift your hand. Let's all pray this together. Father, today, I come to surrender my all. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I give him all my heart. Today, I want to step into you and give you my life. Use me like never before. Change me. Deliver me. Set me free. Thank you, Father. Right now, let your peace just rest on me. Let me hear your voice and seek your face the next few days with all my heart. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.